0: teach inspire and empower immigrants to maximize their lives regardless of their immigration status and that's exactly what we're going to do here i am your immigration lawyer and host otis landerholm and this is the empowered immigrant podcast hello and welcome to the empowered immigrant podcast on this episode we're going to see an episode of the Empowered Immigrant Live, which is a webcast that I do every Thursday on Facebook and on YouTube for the immigrant community. If you have any immigrant questions or immigration questions, feel free to join us on Thursday for the next one. And for now, enjoy the episode. How's everybody doing? It's like, man, I drove uh, to drop my daughter off to school today. And uh, one of the kids in her classroom apparently tested positive for the Omicron, right? And so all of the kids have to like get in line and take a new COVID test. And it's like, man, welcome to the world. Welcome to, to February 2022. This is the r- new reality, new world order we're living in. I hope that you're doing well. And thank you so much for uh, being here with me today uh... today we're talking about green cards we've been having on the theme of green cards this month and specifically our talk today is on green cards through u visas and through asylum all right and so how can we get a green card through u visas and through asylum in twenty twenty two and so hey welcome and thank you so much for being here here we are at the empowered immigrant live where we train, we teach, we inspire, and we empower immigrants to make the most out of immigration laws and to make the most out of their lives, all right? And today, yes, our theme is how to get a green card through asylum or through the U visa in 2022. Do you want to get a green card this year, right? Is this your year, all right? If so, go for it. Go for it. All right, and I'd love to help you with it. And thank you to everyone who asked your questions. We're getting so many great questions. I just love it. We do have 30 minutes to discuss this topic in English. So I'm start we we started a bit behind schedule today because of some technical difficulties and a few other things going on. And so we started at 2:15 this afternoon. We'll finish, finish at 2:45 in English. Then we'll start our episode in Spanish. We'll start that at 2:45. Okay. Si usted habla español, qué venga con nosotros a las 2:45 en unos 25 minutos más. Okay. All right. That's it. So again, today we're talking. Uh, I'm just going to talk quick about the theme, and then we'll jump right into the questions. and, and today the theme is a green card through asylum and a green card through the U visa. All right, and how do we get that? How do we get one of those in 2022? So as always, we wanna start with the basics. All right, we gotta start with the basics. If you wanna get a green card based on a U visa or based on asylum, first, you gotta win those processes. All right? And those processes take years, and so really, If you're going to apply for a green card based on asylum right now, then you will have already had to have won your asylum case or your U visa case. All right, so I've got to be clear about that. All right, and if you haven't applied for asylum or a U visa, start there, win that process first, and then after winning that process, we can have this conversation about how to apply for a green card using those processes all right so and remember for asylum it's like you have to have been the victim of bad things you have to be fleeing from violence and persecution and death and horrendous things in your home country all right and now you're fleeing to a new country asking for legal protection so you would not get deported back to a country where your life or your freedom would be threatened or in danger okay and so that's what asylum is all about and the U visa is for people who have been the victims of serious crimes here in the U.S. and who have cooperated with law enforcement in the investigation or the prosecution of those crimes. So if you have won those things, first of all, it's no fun to have gone through those processes. And, so, and congratulations on winning. Those cases are not easy to win, all right? And it's certainly atrocious to have been the victim of crimes or to have been threatened or persecuted in your home country, whatever the situation is. And I'm glad that you've now been able to use that thing, whatever it was, to get some kind of a benefit, to get some kind of a, a, a better future, something better for yourself, for your life, for your family, for the future, all right? So congratulations on that. Then, after you've won that, and as long as you're not, quote-unquote, inadmissible for new stuff, for new reasons, you will be eligible to adjust your status if you've stayed in the U.S. for the right period of time. All right? And now that period of time, it's one year if you have won asylum, and it's three years if you have won a U visa. Okay? And so... If you want asylum, you wait one year, you can apply for your green card. If you want a U visa, you wait three years, you can apply for a green card. That's it, all right? That's it, that's the basics. And now to do that, you wanna make sure that you keep a clean record, absolutely. You wanna make sure that your underlying case was correctly handled, the U visa case, the asylum case, You want to make sure it was well done, correctly done. And you want to maintain good records of your physical presence in the US throughout the time. If it's one year for the asylum green card, great. Keep physical presence and records of your last year. If it's three years with a U visa, great. Keep a longer amount, three years, of physical presence evidence here in the US. And then using that, you can apply for your green card. Okay. So that's it. That's it. That's what you. That's really what you want to know. That is the main. Uh, like, how can I say it? Like, it's hard to get the U visa. It's hard to get the asylum case approved. Once that much more difficult and rigorous step has done, it is simpler and easier to get your green card. You as long as as long as you keep a good record. Um, you keep good evidence of your physical presence in the U.S. You should not have a problem with the green card application. That being said, though, you still want the case done properly. You still want it well, done well. You don't want to make mistakes on it. Mistakes can cost you a lot of delays, a lot of headache, a lot of additional stress. Okay? And so do it, do it properly, but you should be eligible to adjust your status and get a green card. Okay? Um, that's it that's it and so now I'm going to jump right in with everybody's questions and um, rather than translate the questions that we've received in Spanish I'm just going to jump right in and tackle all of the questions that we've gotten in English on this video and then I'll do the ones that we've gotten in Spanish in the Spanish video because we've gotten we're beginning a lot more questions and if you have questions as we go hey send them over all right Hello and Ah uh, Jose. Hello and Mahmat. Hello. All right. Oh, uh, great to see you all. Thank you all so much for being here. All right. Welcome. 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 Our first question comes from Stacy. All right. Stacy, thank you so much for your question. Your question is okay. Hello, lawyer. I've got a quick question. I don't know if you can help me. My parents applied for a U visa back in 2017. They haven't heard anything back. Their lawyer doesn't give them any update. Is there any way we can reach out for updates anywhere else? Thank you so much. All right. Stacy, wow, thank you for your question. Thank you for your question. The truth is, is that you visas are taking forever, all right? They are barely, just now, getting started on 2016 cases, and USCIS will probably take the next three years to adjudicate all of the 2016 cases and so then after that like 2025 at some point you know they'll be starting on the 2017 cases so depending on when your parents filed in 2017 like that's how long it'll take that's my estimate okay and lots of things could happen you know but hopefully you know you know a change in the law or whatever could speed things up but that's the reality and so and if your lawyer isn't communicating at all and giving you at least that update i mean you have the right to fire your lawyer and we'd love to help you you know uh, we'd love to review the U visa. we'd love to see if we can make it better in any way and um, and we do at least send some kind of communication every three months in our office to just give some kind of update for every single client going through the process but the reality is, is often that update is, there's no news, and we're just, we just got to keep waiting because these wait lists are just getting longer and longer. They're getting longer and longer, everybody. All right. That is the reality. Thank you, Stacy. The next question comes from Satpal. Satpal, thank you for your question. You say, hello, lawyer. I applied for the U visa September 29th of 2016. Oh, very similar question. Still waiting for my application to get approved. Please let me know which month they will review the files. Okay. I mean, Satpal, thank you for asking that. There's no way to know which month it's going to come. And they're just barely starting on 2016. So my guess is you're probably still going to have to wait two, maybe even three more years, all right, before they get to September 29th of 2016. Um, But that's an estimate. And so uh, the bottom line is, U visas take a long, long, long time. There's a huge backlog, and, uh, and that's the reality of the situation. All right? My next question comes from Abdi. Abdi, thank you for your question. Your question is, I was married for 17 years with somebody born in the United States, and then immigration took me, and they sent me to Honduras. That's, that's your question. Okay. Okay. So, Abdi, thank you for asking. Thank you for your question. There's not really a question there, but I understand. It's like, what options do I have? So, um, you know, it sounds like you were deported back to Honduras. If that's true, then, you know, there do exist waivers that can waive a deportation order. We call it the I-212 waiver. They're not easy, but they can be done. And the main question to clarify Abdi is why did they deport you back then and my best advice is to start a case like this we start by requesting your FOIAs requesting all of your records and let's review them carefully so that we can give you good advice about one whether or not there is a good option and two what that option would be what the best strategy would be okay so Abdi best of luck with that And, you know, waivers do exist for people, especially when they're married to U.S. citizens. If they can show their U.S. citizen spouse would suffer a certain level of hardship, okay? And, um, you know, there's more to it than just that. Um, And you don't necessarily need hardship for uh, a deportation waiver, but you would have to show it's either in the national interest, the public interest, or for purposes of family unity. Um, And they are all all discretionary. So they're not easy. Uh, The point is they're not easy. But uh, anyway, we'd love to help you with that, and nevertheless, the first step is to request all of your FOIAs to study them carefully so that we can give you good advice about it, okay? The next question comes from Jesus. Jesus says, I was deported 15 years ago. That's, okay. Okay, it looks like that's all that I got from Jesus. So Jesus, same thing as I just said, right? There are waivers that can waive a deport order. They're not easy to get. The first question is, why were you deported? And the second question is, okay, what can we do about it? And the what can we do about it often will be like, okay, uh, it depends on the records, depends on uh, your current situation and whether or not you're married, things like that, um, whether or not you might have a case or an option. Okay? We're doing great. We're doing great. Um, it's It's 2.31. We're making things happen. Thank you all so much. If you're just tuning in, welcome to the Empowered Immigrant Live all right Luis Sanchez hello welcome all right Juan hello welcome Uh, Mahamat hello welcome I'll get to your guys questions too all right just continuing on with it keep keep coming welcome thank you all for being here my next question today comes from Michael all right Michael thank you you say I have received my work permit for two years now and I've paid my permanent residence fee with my wife but I have not gotten my permanent residence card. OK, great question, Michael, thank you. Uh, it, it might be that the government's just taken forever with everything, because they are taken forever with everything right now. Uh, but it's also possible that maybe we should look into it. It might be outside of normal processing times. You can do an inquiry. You can do something that we call an unbudsman request. There's a lot of benefits to doing that. Um, And it could be that there might be some issue with your case. And so I'd love to help you kind of get to the bottom of that, Michael, if that makes sense for you. And if so, uh, please give our office a call. We'd love to start the consultation process, see what we can do to fix that. Okay? Awesome. The next case I see here comes from Francisco. Francisco, hello. You say, I've worked here for more than 10 years in the Gulf of Mexico as a chef on an oil rig, and right now I work as a caregiver, I have an ITIN number, driver's license, health insurance. My question is, do I have a chance to be a U.S. immigrant? Thank you. Oh, man, that's a great question, Francisco. Thank you for asking that. You know, the answer is, it depends, all right? Uh, uh, The fact that you've worked in the Gulf of Mexico as a chef on an oil rig, I mean... The fact that you've got your driver's license and your ITIN number and your health insurance and you're working and you're doing great stuff, all of that is good, but none of that gives you the ability to apply for, a, for residency. We've got to ask other questions instead. Like I've got to know, are you married? All right. Do you have kids? Are you in a relationship that I should be aware of? I've got to know, have you ever been the victim of any type of crime, abuse, harm, attack, assault, anything like that here in the United States? I've got to know if you were ever the victim of any type of threat, persecution, violence, harm, attack, assault in your home country. And if so, why? All right, what, why, what caused that? I've got to know a lot more details, Francisco, before I can tell you whether or not you might be eligible for residency in the U.S. But, you know, we can do that All right, we can do that that's just a phone call away Um, call my office book a consultation we'd love to take you through that process we do we do that every day right cool Uh, we're making great time everybody the next question comes from Angela Angela says I have TPS but my application for parole I applied for parole to go to my country is it possible how much do you charge for it okay so uh, lots of things going on with TPS right now. Does everybody out there have TPS? Everybody with me? Are you guys like raise your hand or something out there if you've got TPS as well? Here's the deal, you can apply for a document to be able to travel and leave the US if you have TPS. We call it an advanced parole document, all right? Yes, we can apply for that. It allows you to re-enter the US, all right? but Right now, that document does not allow you to apply for a green card afterwards. It's just a travel document. And so it doesn't have the same benefits that it used to have back in the old days. But, uh, Angela, yes, we could certainly help you with that. The way to start that process is to book a consultation first and then go forward, um, you know, um, uh, with my team if you decide you want to do that. Okay? Nice. Nice. Uh, we're doing great. I just have, I have three more questions that I want to answer from folks. And if you have an additional question, hey, send it over. All right? So one comes from Oscar. So Oscar, you say, my question is, I did prison time for 12 years, and I got out in 2011. I've been in Mexico over 10 years. My son is a U.S. citizen. Can he ask for me? Wow. Oscar, you know, thank you for asking that question. Thank you. All right. It's not going to be easy. It's not going to be easy. But yes, your son can file a petition for you. The question is, can you use a petition that's filed by your son? And it's a difficult situation when there was a prison prison sentence for 12 years. All right, so we've got to look at the criminal record and the type of crime. It might not work, all right? But step one is, hey, let's request and review all those records very carefully to see what happened and to see whether or not there's any way to make it make it work, okay? So um, I hope that's helpful. Uh, best of luck to you in your situation. That is a tough situation, um, but it, uh, in certain Uh, instances. It can be done. And so don't give up hope, Oscar. Don't give up hope. And your family's here in the U.S. It's horrible to be separated from your family. And so, like, let's get to the bottom of whether or not we can get you guys back together. Okay? All right. A few more. Mario. Mario Antonio. All right. My aunt is a citizen in the U.S. Her son was deported 20 years ago He has a clean record. He's in El Salvador. Can his mom request his visa? Interesting. Mario, hey, you know, uh, maybe, right? Maybe. A deportation causes inadmissibility for 10 years. So if he's been out for 10 years, yes, I mean, a mother who's a U.S. citizen or a green card holder can petition for her son. Uh, That petition will take years in and of itself, but yes, she can do it. And so the, the one question is, is there any other inadmissibility issue or was it just the deportation order? But yeah, it's possible, okay? A couple more questions that I've got here just as we've uh, been talking. One is from uh, Mahamat, all right? Mahamat, hello and welcome. Thank you so much. You say, my brother, all right? My brother had an expedited interview for asylum It was approved and he got his interview notice right away. What is your advice when he meets with an officer? All right, Mahamat, thank you for asking that question. Thank you very much. And here's the thing, it's not easy right now to get scheduled for an asylum interview. And so good job, all right? I'm sure there was a, a challenging filing submitted to explain why he wanted an expedited process And so good job navigating that. That's great. Or maybe you had a a sympathetic asylum officer, which is a good thing. All right? Now, your question is, what advice about when he meets with the officer? One, I recommend preparing and preparing and preparing. Okay? An asylum interview is no joke. They're going to ask him everything. They're going to ask him about his whole life history, every instance that he's ever been the victim of any type of attack, harm, beating, anything, any type of persecution in his home country, then they're going to really drill into why, what caused that harm. Because for asylum, remember, it's got to be harm on account of a person's race, religion, nationality, political opinion, or membership in a quote unquote particular social group. And so they're going to drill your brother on that, Mahamat. They're going to they're really challenge him on that. My best advice is that he goes in with an attorney. My best advice is that he has an attorney who knows how to handle this type of case. Prepare him over and over and over again so that he's ready to explain the same aspects of his life and his story from different angles, depending on what the asylum officer asks him. All right? I wish him the very best of luck with that. The next question comes from Juan. Juan Ospina. Uh, Juan, thank you. You say, hello, thank you for your contribution. My question is, my I-918, so that's a U visa, my I-918 was received by USCIS on April of 2021. How long does it take to receive the bona fide determination approximately? Very good question, Juan, very good question. I do not have a clear answer for that. What they say is, so this new bona fide determination process Is still just in the initial phase of getting of getting going all right what they say is is after your biometrics are complete all right as long as everything was properly filed all right when you first file a case you wait six weeks or so you get the receipt notices in then you wait another four weeks or so and they send the biometrics notice then you go you get your photo taken you get your fingerprints taken with immigration once you've done those things, then immigration's like, okay, all right, you've got a case, you've got, you're you've, you're complying with the process, then you become in line for a bona fide determination work card, okay? And so there you go. My next case and my or my my final uh, question for today, we've gone through a lot. Thank you all so much for being here. Comes from Miyajasu. Mia Did I say that right? Maybe not. Mia 1970. Hello and welcome. You ask if I start a U visa process this year, how many years will it take to get a U visa? All right, it's impossible to know for sure. The law requires the the law only allows 10,000 U visas to be to be approved every year. So here's the thing, right now there's 150,000 U-Visas waiting. If every one of those got approved, it would take 15 years, all right? Yes, you heard me. If every case that immigration is sitting on right now is approved, which I'd love it. I'd love it if every single case were approved, wouldn't you? But that's not, that's not reality, Right? So uh, if every single case were approved, then it would take 15 years to get through 150,000 cases at 10,000 cases per year. Got it by doing the math? But they've got to do a thorough review to see if all those cases really are eligible. Some of them won't be approved, which means it will likely not take quite that long, but still... Miyajasu, it's going to take a long time. I mean, there's no sugarcoating it. 10, 11, 12, 13, possibly even 14 years of waiting for the government to adjudicate a visa. And, as I was referring to earlier, right, you can get a work card through the bona fide uh, determination process that I've done other videos about. You can check those out on our YouTube channel. And, and things like that, okay? All right, everybody, all right, thank you. Everybody on Instagram, hey, thank you for being here. Everybody on Facebook, hello, thank you for being here. Everybody on YouTube, hello, thank you for being here. Thank you all so much, all right, for being here. You're giving me part of your time, part of your lives, part of your attention. I, I really appreciate that. That is all that we have time for today. If, if you still have a question, and if I haven't answered it, Hey, I'd love to answer it. All right, so send it over. That's fine. And I can still answer it. I can upload it to YouTube, to Instagram, to TikTok, to all over the place, all right? And if this was useful, please, please subscribe to our channel in YouTube. Click the notifications bell. We'll get you additional legal updates and news every time we update uh, and upload a new video, Okay, And if, if. you have an immigration case, please give us a call. We are here to help. We would love to help you, all right? This pandemic is going around, but it ain't stopping us. It ain't stopping us, everybody. So uh, give us a call. We'd love to help you out. Thank you all so much for being here. I'm Otis Landerholm, Landerholm Immigration APC, where we fight for your American dream, and I will see you on the next episode of the Empowered Immigrant Live. Thanks a lot. Thank you for listening to the Empowered Immigrant Podcast. If you like what you heard and if you want to learn more, please go to landerhomeimmigration.com forward slash podcast.